Hello, listeners. Hello, friends. It's Mita and Nadim here. Yay. Um, and we just have a little a little intro for you today. Well, um, Mita does. I do. I have to apologize in advance. So, sorry. Cool. Bye. <laughs> no, I'll give you a real apology. Um, when we recorded this week's episode, I decided to record in my fancy new office that has terrible sound. So you might hear a lot of echo from my voice. You might still be hearing it right now. Who knows? But I think right now I just have a little bit of a, of a cold. Um, but when we recorded this, it was really bad. And so I am apologizing in advance. It is not the sound quality that you are used to. But please listen to the episode because it's a fun one. It is. It's our first episode of Spooky Season, so hope you enjoy it. Uh, and we won't keep you from it much longer. This is Goodnight Mommy. Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Oh, shit. I was going to burp. I'm going to burp. And I was doing, I was practicing all day to burp. Hold on. Nope, won't do it. <laughs> all day I've been doing it. I've been able to burp on cue. Oh. I'm like, this is going to be so good because the kid burps in the movie and then I'm going to burp in the mic and now it won't come out. <laughs> I have too much pressure on me. No, like it's not coming out. Keep Performance this. I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. You can burp at any point during this conversation. Okay. It's okay. I'm going to keep drinking water. <laughs> Should I ask you how you're doing? I'm living and not burping. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Oh, and I'm usually oh. so good at burping on cue. I'm sorry. It's going to come. pressure. I promise. It'll come. Okay. Okay. Guys, we meet that went to the movies again. <laughs> I was just saying, like, what else can I do during the panorama? It's true. <laughs> going to the movies is, like, the only thing. And I feel really safe going to the movie theater i don't know about you can i just say yeah anytime i'm like i'm going to the movie people are like oh is it safe and i'm like can i say the movie theater is probably the safest thing to do outside mm -hmm. because you are actively distanced like they you no one sits around you you're in one single spot for a prolonged period of time mm -hmm. in a large ventilated space yeah and like I kept my mask on when I wasn't eating yeah. my popcorn. I put it back on. So I, fe I feel really safe at the movie theater. And it's the only real thing that I can do right now in terms of like activities. Yeah. And so, also, you want to go to the movies. So exactly. why not go to the movies? <laughs> there are movies that are coming out that I want to see. Yeah. And so I saw The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which Starring is like, one Jessica Chastain. And Andrew Garfield. Oh, yes. Yes. yes he Garfield. plays Jim Baker, mm. which... It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I've heard mixed things. I've heard she's great. She and the movie really is really average. Mm -hmm. The The script could have used some work. There mm -hmm. could have been some buffering there. But she's really great in it. And the thing I like the most about her is like it doesn't feel like she's playing Tammy Faye, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's so easy to get lost in all that makeup and prosthetics yeah. and all that and she it doesn't like take over her you can still tell it's jessica chastain yeah you, Especially I, like, jessica chastain lost. is beautiful mm -hmm. and tammy faye wasn't ugly but like whenever you have these like movie stars playing real people it's like i can tell that is still yeah, yeah. It, it's like when we were watching great gardens and drew barrymore was playing Little Edie, you're like, yeah. Drew Barrymore. More. Even, like, in the makeup, you're beautiful, <laughs> so I mean. It's true. But yeah, she does a really good job in it. Mm -hmm. The movie itself could use some work. I'm not going to spoil too much. Um, I would say go see it, though, because it is interesting. And did I learn? I did learn a few things about, like, that whole situation, mm -hmm. which the movie itself is based off of the documentary, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Have okay. you ever seen it? No. Okay. Well, I've seen that, too. But there were a couple things that I like I didn't know about, so it was nice to watch. Worth watching the documentary. I don't know if you would like it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Dan, try it. You never know. Maybe. Maybe yeah. when I have time. Maybe. I've been trying to watch the same episode of Sex Education for four days right now. <laughs> 
Why? It's just I haven't had the time to. And it's like, I can't sit down and watch it. I love Sex Education. Have you ever seen Sex Education? No, I haven't. I is highly the recommend it. the girl it. that looks like Margot Robbie? Yeah, it is. Okay. And Gillian Anderson. Yeah. And Osa Butterfield. I really like it. It's very, like, clever kind of high school drama. Mm-hmm. But it's very funny, very well written, very sexual. But that's oh. given. Well, it's in the title. It's in the title. But I highly recommend it. And I would, I forgot that it, the season three was releasing on Friday mm-hmm. on the same day that the final season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine released too on Netflix. Yeah. So I was like super excited. So I'm going to try to finish Sex Education. And then I'm going to try to do Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Well, so I watched the last season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I hear it's disappointing. Yeah, I wasn't like, it wasn't what I would want it to be. I think about that last season of Parks and Rec and I think about this last season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and it doesn't like make up that like emotional feeling that I had with Parks and Rec. I don't know what it was. I did not love Parks and Rec. You didn't? I liked Parks and Rec. I did enjoy it, but, Mm -hmm. and I have seen it like again, like I've put it on in the background at times. It's not like I won't, but right now my like go-to background show is The Office Mm -hmm. because we've decided not to get cable this time. In your new house. In the new house. Because right now we don't need it. It's like an extra expense. And like, do you need cable? Is the like the million dollar question. And you don't. Until award season, you really don't. You can find ways to watch award season without having cable. I don't know. We'll try it in January once award season rolls around. If not, I will get cable for two months and then shut it down. Like, I have no problem to do that either. But we'll see. So I keep The Office on, and mm-hmm. it, The Office is one of those shows that anytime I start it, I'm always like, oh, like, I don't know why I'm watching this. And then by, like, season two, season three, I am I love it. It's so funny, and I always forget. I don't have the same muscle memory I do with something like 30 Rock or Seinfeld or Friends, but anytime The Office is on and, like, I'm in, I'm in the middle of the series, I'm like, oh, this is so funny. It's so well written. It's so clever. It's so well performed. It's such a great ensemble. It is, it is really, it is really, really good. And I always forget how good it is. But the, I usually get to a point, I think it's, like, season six that I'm like, uh, I'm kind of getting tired of this. I do find like, once Steve Carell leaves, leaves, you kind of are like, what's the Steve? point of this? Mm-hmm. But... It's still good, especially because the rest of the cast does have great chemistry and they do make it work. So that's true. There's that. I watched, well, because the Emmys was the other night. Today is Tuesday, yeah. September 21st. Um, and the Emmys were the other night and I saw like Gene Smart's speech. And so I was like, oh, yeah. maybe I should watch Hacks. And so I watched Hacks in a whole day on Monday. Good for you. And, well, it's only 10 episodes and it, they're 30 minutes long. So Is it on HBO? Yeah. It's on Crave. Okay. Hilarious. Really like, highly actually recommend? Actually so funny. Highly recommend okay. that like everybody go watch it. Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Loved it. I've heard good things and I've heard she's really good. She won an Emmy. So I mean. She is really good in it. The other woman in it whose name I'm forgetting right now is really funny in it too. I like yeah. literally was laughing out loud as I was watching it. And Have like you it's seen pretty Ted Lasso? I haven't seen Ted Lasso because I don't love Jason Sudeikis. I know. I find his, I find him very unlikable. Yeah. And I love him as Floyd in you 30 Rock. Floyd? I like Floyd. Floyd was the perfect man for her. No, I don't like Floyd. Get out. Floyd Who was so good and New she York screwed City it up. For Cleveland. <laughs> he did. The opportunity was so much better. And the Cleve, Mita. Who doesn't want to live in the Cleve? Uh, I don't love Floyd, so... He was good for her. I like but anyways, I always, I mean, Carol was great. I always like Jason Sudeikis and 30 Rock. That's my like big Jason Sudeikis introduction, I think. Mm-hmm. But beyond 30 Rock, I've never liked him. I find him very unlikable as a person. He seems like an asshole. Yeah, he does. And I'm kind of glad Olivia Wilde divorced him. I don't know if they're divorced yet, but I'm... Separated, whatever that is. Have you seen the little teaser for Don't Worry, Darling? Don't you worry, darling. Don't worry. Oh, there is a teaser There's already? a little teaser. It's literally like 30 seconds long, not even, I think. Okay. Um, But it's very racy and it has like people up in arms. Oh, I'm going to check it out. Okay, good. I'm but glad. speaking of teasers, Mita, there was a trailer for the new West Side Story. There, there is a trailer for the new West yes. Side Story. <laughs> it you was in, not I had seen it in the movie. No, because I'd seen it in the movies when you were like sharing it with me. I was like, I've seen this. Yeah, I hadn't though. <laughs> And I love West Side Story. West Side Story is my favorite American musical. So I'm very excited to see it and see see what Steven does to it. I'm not motivated. I know you're not. Yeah. I'm just like, 
why is Steven Spielberg? I can't wrap my mind out off of that. Like, why is he making a musical? Why is he redoing West Side Story? Well, if you see the trailer, you do see that it looks like they are doing different things. Like, they're definitely taking it in a slightly different direction, which I'm okay with. But West Side Story, to me, is a perfect film. Mm -hmm. I think it's so well done. The choreography, the music, everything is, it's so good. It's so palpable. And I don't know if you'll be able to capture that energy. And more importantly, do we need another movie that captures that energy? Why can't we just let West Side Story be West Side Story? Let it be a classic, you know? Yeah. Because it it's not like it's aged or anything. Like, it's still oh, really it's good. So yeah. It's timeless. It seems a little... Have you seen... I think you have Ram Leela with Deepika Padukone and Ranbir no, Singh. Oh, okay. Ram Leela is based on... Romeo and Juliet, but takes kind of a different turn on it. Mm -hmm. And it's very actually, it's an interesting adaptation of it. And I would recommend it. I'm not going to put it on the list, but like, watch it because it got great music and Deepika and Ranveer are hot and like, it really works. But there's kind of like, it seems more in vain of that. Okay. Than it does in vain of West, the original West Side Story. Well, so I'm, we'll see. I'm not like super stoked. But speaking of things that don't need American remakes. <laughs> That's, what a like nice that? segue. You're what so a nice segue, that. right? It's like you're a writer or something. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this week we watched our first movie of... Spooky Season. Smita's favorite time of yours, guys. That's why we do four horror movies for yes. Spooky Season. And I had the privilege of picking our first one. Mm -hmm. Mita, what did we watch? We watched Goodnight Mommy. Yes, yes, which is a German horror movie. Sorry, it's Austrian. It's just is a, it Austrian? It's Austrian. It's in um the German language, so it's a German okay, language yes. film, but it's an Austrian. But it's in Austria. Yeah, there we go. But yeah. it is in German. You lied to me. But I did. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of because it was in German. It's just a yeah. I'm sure Austrians Austrian love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Mitha, do you want to give a quick IMDb discro? Sure. The IMDb discro for Goodnight Mommy is twin boys move to a new house with their mother after she has face-changing cosmetic surgery, but under the bandages is someone the boys don't recognize. Dun-dun-dun. There you go. That's the breakdown. Yeah, I guess that is the breakdown. <laughs> yeah, that is the breakdown. That is literally what this movie is. So, Nadim, why did you choose Goodnight Mommy as your first choice for Spooky Season 2021? Okay, so first of all, Spooky Season is difficult, especially in the confines of what we're doing, mm -hmm. because if I want to recommend movies for you to watch, there are only, I, not, I wouldn't say a handful, but the number of horror movies that exist is finite, right? Like, there's, there's, a, there's a really small selection, and you have seen most of the films that you should be seeing. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of the movies I would have recommended, like The Exorcist, for instance, we watched last season. Yeah. I told you to watch The Shining during the pandemic. Like a lot of those it. things you'd already seen. And so beyond that, I was kind of like, okay, what am I going to pick? What would I recommend? Because I don't want you to see some random torture porn movie that I don't really have some interest in. I wanted you to watch something substantial and something interesting and something I really liked. So I do want to clarify, this isn't a movie to watch before the end of the world, I'd say. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say this is a movie that like you have to see. Okay. But I do quite like Good Like Mommy. Mm -hmm. And I quite enjoy the experience I had watching it. I remember I had seen the trailer before it had come out. And it came out, and I watched it at the Mayfair, actually. Oh, nice. And so I went alone because my wife doesn't like horror movies, and I'm, I didn't want to wait to find a friend to go see it. So I just saw it on my own. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the experience. I remember being really riveted and really viscerally affected by it. Like, I really felt, I felt the movie. Yeah. And we can, you know, we'll talk about that. But that rarely happens in horror movies these days. Like, really rare, rarely happens. And I find that horror is an interesting genre because different cultures bring different aesthetics and different feelings to horror movies that, in, in, in a way that other, I don't think genres do. Like, I think horror, what people find, oh, sorry, what people find scary and what fear is, is kind of built into your culture. And how we express that is also built into the culture. So I always find foreign horror movies really interesting. And Goodnight Mommy, I always, when we actually made this list, it was one of the first movies that I put on because I was just like, 
I'm I was recommended because I actually find it a very interesting movie. It's very easy and it's easy to watch and digestible. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it. There you go. Should I just start? So yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's really interesting that you brought up like different cultures and what they see as horror because what I was going to ask you in our small talk, but you skipped over our itinerary, (laughs) is what does like spooky season mean to you exactly? Because I think we've set the tone that it's going to be like horror movies for this month of October, but I think the term horror can be used kind of loosely Oh, I feel like Mita's really doing a segue into her picks for spooky season. Maybe. But I I think, like, what scares you is maybe more appropriate than, like, the actual term of a horror movie. Because, like, some things that are scary are not necessarily, like, slasher movies or men with masks running around and, like, haunting people. And I think we can... Oh, I mean, I maybe my picks walk away from that a little bit, but I also felt that way with this. Like, I didn't, while I was watching it, I was like, I'm not, like, fully scared. I'm not, like, going to go and, like, cry <laughs> in the corner by myself, or I'm not going to hide under the sheets. Like, I, I can watch this. And so I think it's interesting that you brought up that, like, different cultures can have different meanings towards what actually scares them and what haunts them. Because I did feel like this was more of like a psychological thriller, at least in mm-hmm. the beginning and throughout the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more something that was supposed to like mind trick you and you're supposed to kind of like try to follow along these two twin boys and mm-hmm. what's going on. When you watched it the first time, did you like clue in on the big twist with the twins? Pretty early okay, on. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, I was never, and part of me, I think to me, that was one of the more disappointing aspects of the film, mm-hmm. that it was so easy obvious. to kind of, it's pretty obvious, and you kind of figure it out early on, and then you're like, I hope this isn't it, because mm-hmm. it's just so obvious. Like, too obvious in a way. Yeah. So to let our listeners know, this is a spoiler alert, if you're planning on watching Goodnight Mommy, um, the twins in this movie, one of them is actually died and so Mm -hmm. there's only really one twin left and throughout the movie you see the mother only interact with one of the twins and so as soon as you like kind of see that well first of all as soon as i saw twins i was like i don't trust them if they're not (laughs) mary kate and ashley i'm not trusting the twin (laughs) just like in the shining i want to understand this trope of like twins being scary because it's something that comes up in a lot of horror movies. But as soon as I saw them, I was like, oh, I don't trust them. And then you do see the mom only interacting with one of them throughout the entire movie. And so you're, mm-hmm. you, it's meant to be a surprise, but it's not really that one of them is actually dead. And then the one that's alive is Haley Joel Osment in The Sixth Sense. <laughs> They see dead no, people. I don't. I don't think he see no because I don't think he's actually seeing a f- real dead person. I think that's just his like manifestation of his brother, mm-hmm. essentially. But ha- have you paid really close attention to that last scene in with the um, the house in flames? Maybe the mo- you can see the mom walking out of the house. Yes, yes, yes. So like yeah, he's yeah. probably sees her too, and he can see dead people. He's Haley Joel. But he's dead too <laughs> at that point. I guess so. They all die. <laughs> Maybe. Giant spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> but not sorry. You know what you got yourself into. But I will say, like, I was kind of disappointed by it. Mm-hmm. Like, the title, Goodnight Mommy, is so ominous. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. Like, I looked at um, posters, but I didn't watch trailers or anything. And so mm-hmm. I thought, and I kept asking you, I'm like, are you scared? Because you told me you'd watch it. I was like, were you scared? Yeah. Were you scared? And I kind of wanted to be scared myself in a way. It's fun to... Yeah, it is fun to be scared, yeah. Right? It's nice to have that, like, little jolt. And, like, watching, I was like, I'm just, I'm not scared, and I'm a little bit bored (laughs) watching this. It is definitely slow. Yeah. And I noticed that more this time. And I think one thing I took away more than anything was I had seen the first time in theater, and I saw the second time at home. Mm -hmm. And in theater, I wasn't as bored. Like, I recognized it was slow, but I wasn't, I was a little bit more immersed. Mm. What do you think, like, immersed you, though? When you're in a screen, the screen demands your presence. That's true. Your home does not demand your presence. Your home TV doesn't. There's too it just much doesn't. distraction to actually. There's always too much distraction. 
you're also just think about size like think about the size of your tv versus the size of a theater screen yeah you're sucked into what you're seeing yeah well and i I think in a darkened theater as well a lot of those the thing i love the most about this is the imagery in this some of it is really unsettling especially the imagery of the mom and her bandages and stuff it's actually very unsettling well once they start torturing her oh wow yeah yeah i i was really grossed out by that i'm like this isn't scaring me this is just disgusting and it's like, very unsettling it's very disturbing i yeah. don't understand why anything was making me watch <laughs> but i will say like i made a really conscious decision to like i put my phone like upstairs away from me and i wanted to sit in a dark room which is also like why i had a hard time finding quotes because like i was trying to pay attention to this movie yeah. but about like 15, 20 minutes in, I like stopped it and I made like some snacks because I was like, I need to do something while I'm watching this. I couldn't have my focus on it just because like I felt, I felt like I was watching things that I had seen before in a way. Like I didn't feel like anything was kind of new and, and different. So that's the other thing about horror. Have we kind of reached the point where it's hard to tell a new horror story? Like we've done everything. Have we not done everything? Everything's been done. Yeah. Like... This nice, beautiful house in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Been done. These two creepy twins. Been done. Yeah. A mother's a mother's love. Been done. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's so many things. And there's new wine in an old bottle, for sure. There's old wine. No, old wine in a new bottle. Like, there's definitely ways of sprucing up and telling a story that is the same very interestingly or different. Or, like, this is all directing style, this movie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we've seen this. We've seen this and we've seen everything else. What is the last creative or interesting or different horror movie you saw? Uh, I can, to be quite honest. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say Midsommar. Midsommar. Hereditary. Hereditary. And then have you seen any, uh, The Lighthouse? Get Out and like, The Lighthouse? I haven't watched The Lighthouse yet. The Lighthouse or The Witch or The Witch? Witch, no. What was the one, I can't remember the name right now. Karen Kusama directed it. And it's they're all like at this house for somebody's birthday celebration. Oh, the invitation. The invitation. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed the invitation. But is that horror? I like the invitation too. I was really unexpectedly like. Immersed in it. Immersed in that. I did not expect to like it the way I did. But it wasn't horror. That's the thing about like horror though. Like I don't like it as the the genre because I feel like it's it's meant to describe things that scare you. But that's so vast and also so individual. Like what scares me may not scare you. Yeah. No, that's very true. What do you think the the genre should mean though? Is it supposed to be like all those slasher flicks? Like it's supposed to be all the Halloweens and all the screens? I hate the slasher. I hate what horror has become. Mm -hmm. And I think horror, especially in the like 60s and 70s, was such a classy genre. If you think of The Exorcist or Rosemary's Baby or The Shining, there is a level of real, like, sophistication associated with them. Yeah. And some people like to say that The Sons of Lambs is horror. It's not. It's a thriller. It's a psychological thriller. It's a psychological thriller at most. I love a psychological thriller, too. And again, even if you talk about The Exorcist or you talk about Rosemary's Baby, which are exquisite films, but you could argue that Rosemary's Baby is a psychological thriller as well. And you could say that... The Exorcist is actually like a theological drama. Mm-hmm. So like what what do you say is a horror film then? I'm looking up the definition of horror. Genre. And Hereditary has elements of horror, but is also more dramatic. In a psychological In a psychological way. Mind. Midsommar is more psychological <laughs> as well. I just, I don't know. Are we talking ghosts and goblins? Are we talking magic? Or like what is, what, when we talk about the genre... You know what comedy is because comedy makes you laugh. Mm-hmm. Romance is about love. So the definition that populates from Google is horror is a genre of speculative fiction, which is intended to frighten, scare, or disgust, which is so broad. Very broad. Very broad, which I think all those movies that we just listed fall into that category. Mm-hmm. I am so scared when I watch Silence of the Lambs sometimes. That Hannibal Lecter. Really? Is, when I was a kid, yeah, maybe not so much as but an adult because I should watched should not have it. seen it as a kid, first of all. But <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't understand the things that like I understand now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Hannibal Lecter is a scary character. 
but isn't that subjective as well? But so, so is foreign. Buffalo Bill, and that shit happens. People get kidnapped and put into wells. <laughs> but isn't that subjective? Like, isn't what you find scary? Because isn't fear built on your own personal experience? Yeah, but I. Why can why are fi- genres of films limited to being one thing? If that makes sense. As opposed to what? Like, why can't I read it into my own? Like, I feel like it could be put into the idea of being a horror film because I am so frightened and scared and disgusted by it. No, for sure. I don't see why not. But I don't think it's about your individual choice. It's about how a movie is being. Mm -hmm. Fine. We're watching movies for spooky season. What qualifies a movie to be seen in spooky season? Well, I guess that's just what happens when you, like, put things into boxes. We can't. Yeah. We can't put everything into boxes. So what boxes does Goodnight Mommy fit into? There's um, the disgust factor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which plays a part. Um, yeah. At one point in this film, the twin, not even twins, the twin decides to like torture. So the, the twin believes that it's not his mom and that somebody has taken over his mom. And so he then decides to torture his mom until. But you also believe it. That is not his mom. See, here's the I beauty didn't of this that. movie. You believed it was her? I believed it was really his mom. Okay. You didn't you think did there it. was something... No, you didn't think that there was something nefarious maybe about this woman? No, I was really um, cynical watching this. And I'm like Why? realizing that now. Just, I don't know. I think maybe I wasn't in the mood to be like thrown off by things. Mm-hmm. But I kind of, as I was, I felt like you a little bit. There was some cynicism in there. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> and I just was just like, okay, but like Occam's razor, yeah, that's his mom. And like these two twins are something's messed up. Oh, the other twin is dead. Like that's pretty obvious. And this kid like d- has some sort of psychological issues. With so, where did habits. you think this was going? That was the other thing, though. I couldn't figure out how they were going to wrap this up. Yeah. In which through the beginning and the middle of the movie, I was kind of disappointed, but I did enjoy that ending. And this is what I feel like I do find it slow and it definitely is a real slow build. But I do find that that 180 turn the movie takes because essentially your protagonist and your antagonist switch completely. Mm -hmm. The boys are your protagonist. The mother is the antagonist because she's she's the monster in the house. Yeah. You don't think she's real. The the boy doesn't believe she's real. She's acting kind of crazy. She has this makeup on. She is quite frightening looking and she's acting a little strange. And so... There's also this level of like, you know, she just had plastic surgery. The kid doesn't understand what plastic surgery is. And you're kind of fed certain pieces of information. Like you're fed the fact that she is in the public eye. She's some type of like TV host or something like that. So her looks are obviously very important. She's recently divorced. Mm -hmm. So she's trying to get back on the market. So she's getting plastic surgery for all of these purposes. He doesn't understand that. And so there's a bit of dramatic irony going on too. But... When that movie switches gears and he is essentially kidnapped, his mother, suddenly your protagonist is your antagonist and your antagonist is your protagonist. And didn't you feel your emotional range just switch all together? No, <laughs> I really okay. didn't have the feel. I, from the get-go, was like, I don't trust these twins and I think mm-hmm. that they're the real villains in this. I didn't feel, like, as much as we had scenes where the mother is being, like, so abusive towards one mm-hmm. of the kids, I also just, I wasn't, I don't know, I, I wasn't taken aback by that and I wasn't really, like, distracted by that either. Or her plastic surgery. I think I've watched too much Real Housewives. Well, or do you think... More than that, do you think it's because you know you're watching a horror movie that you're more informed than you should be for the genre? Yeah, probably. Like, the genre has essentially ruined the genre. Yeah. Like, even when we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre last year, I remember just being like, I've seen this a thousand times. Like, I'm not affected by it. So I had to keep reminding myself, imagine being in the theater in, like, 1970, whatever. Yeah. And, like, seeing something like this for the first time. Well, forget Texas Chainsaw. Imagine watching The Exorcist for the first time. Which I think did. Of all, yeah. <laughs> but imagine after, like, you've seen The Conjuring and, like, Insidious and Sinister yeah, and no, all of these, like... I don't like, 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 movies with religious aspects in them, so I stay away from them. Like, I've never really been into exorcism movies. Mm-hmm. But I had, like, heard real-life exorcism stories before, but I felt like The Exorcist was very true to those. And, like, 
I was able to fall into that, what I was seeing. I was able to be like kind of immersed into it. But you weren't scared by the exorcist. Not like, oh, I'm worried a priest is going to come to my home and exorcise me. But more of like, I'm scared for Reagan. I'm scared for Reagan's mom. Like, what is going on here? But isn't that more, if that is the feeling, if that's the emotion you're having, which is a great emotion, but mm-hmm. isn't that more related to a drama than it is than to it a horror is movie? Than it is to a horror movie, yeah. Yeah, because horror, the movie should incite fear in you. That's the point. This movie did not do that for me. No. No. But what does? Or what has? I mean, they're very personal reasons that I'm not going to say. Fair enough. But yeah. I mean, more like as a visceral fear, like not like existential fears or things like that, but more I'm afraid. I don't want to sleep at night. Like things that go bumping in the night, that you type know, of fear. When we watched L, like her, oh, really? her rape scene, yeah. I was scared. That can okay. happen. That can, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm more scared of like real life events. Then yeah, the and I think that's a part of it. But I still love spooky season. <laughs> I still like want to watch those movies. Yeah, I love spooky season too. I find I just find the whole thing very paradoxical. Like I think what we like about spooky season, what we like about horror movies, is that is fear and like that feeling of fear and like it's it's an adrenaline rush. But it's by virtue of this own conversation, it's impossible to get these days. It is. It's very hard. Like, when I think about what the horror movies I do like, it's all things from the past. Like, when I think about Psycho, I'm thinking of her, like, driving in that car and knowing she has the money with her. Like, that incites, like, so much, like, a tingly, like, scary feeling of, like, what's going to happen if she gets caught. Or when she's in the shower, when that's happening, spoiler alert, she gets stabbed in the shower a bunch of times. (laughs) Guys, if you have not seen Psycho, you should turn our podcast off. Like, that scares me still when I see that. But there's nothing in recent time. I mean, like, when I, when I watched Get Out, I was scared. For like, him, though. For him, but not but of there's the a, But not for him. Fear and horror should be about yourself. When was the last time you were scared for you after watching or while watching a movie? So real, I when was the last time you were? You start first. I'm trying to think, and <laughs> right? the only thing that actually comes to mind is I remember there was one evening I watched that Netflix miniseries "Don't F with Cats." Oh, I love that. <laughs> I I quite enjoyed it, and I remember actually being a little scared during it. Oh, really? Feeling a little uncomfortable, and like the way, and I watched like three episodes in a row, and then I remember at the end of it, the last shot is of the the main cat person i forget her name and she turns to the camera and she says and you you are a part of the problem kind of thing and then it, i hate that ending yeah. but i remember feeling like ooh, i remember being a little like scared and a little like like I, there's something about luca magnata and all of that that kind of like made me a little afraid but that's the last thing and that is a docuseries based on a true story as you said that, I realized, so, like, I went through a phase a couple of years ago. BuzzFeed has a series called BuzzFeed Unsolved. Have you ever watched mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And it's these two guys who just talk about, like, unsolved murders and whatnot. Yeah. And I was, like, binging a couple of the seasons. And, like, as they were telling the stories, I would get, like, this, like, creepy feeling. There's, like, one in particular of this, like, these this house that was set on fire and this husband and wife were able to get out, but their kids were like in the house. But then once like the fire had subsided, they couldn't find any of the remains. Like there was no, yeah. And so they believe that like somebody kidnapped their kids and like, these are missing people. And like, I was just getting so creeped out and like that scared feeling inside, which is like so fun to have though. Yeah, it is. It's that feeling of like when I was a kid and I would watch America's Most Wanted. (laughs) I shouldn't have been watching that either. Yeah. Both of us have given (laughs) both of us are giving examples of real life. So give it a second thought. I want to know a fictional movie that left you with some fear. And I'm gonna think about the same thing. We might be here a while. Right? It's really hard. It's really hard. I actually can't think of anything. And like jump scares don't count because that's No, jump scares don't count. They're so, it's just good editing and music. When was the last time I was really scared? Something fictional. I also just feel like I'm kind of numb to these things now because I watch Mm -hmm. so much of it and I hear so much of it. Yeah. 
Like, I literally was just listening to Dateline podcast before we jumped oh, on. Oh, see, what I'm going to say is the Zodiac made me a little uncomfortable and definitely left me. Yeah, it did. I was a little bit younger when I saw it. I remember seeing it with my cousins in London, in London, England. Oh, so fancy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a fancy person. But I saw it with them and I remember the whole thing made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But it's also based, based on, on a, true on a story. real true story. Yeah. Yep. And it's done so well. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, David Fincher. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think we might be like as as the shot as I have <gasps> Panic <we> Room. <laughs> really? When I saw Panic Room, because <laughs> that could literally like Jared Leto in Panic Room is scary to me. <laughs> like yeah. he ha- he gives no shits about what he's doing. Yeah. He will kill you if he wants to. And like I'm sitting there just like, what's gonna happen to Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart? That yeah. could happen. I yeah. I don't know if that's my definitive answer, but yeah, that's the, exactly right. The most recent one that could come into mind. I don't know. I think it's difficult, and I think we'll have it, a lot of this conversation will progress as like this for this month especially because I think we've hit a wall in terms of horror. Yeah. And I think I'm writing a horror movie right now, and I find it really hard actually to do and to avoid having jump scares mm-hmm. is like a big part. I don't want to. I don't want to have inauthenticity. But when I'm writing it, my goal isn't to scare you. I'm just trying to make you feel uncomfortable. Okay. That's the best I can ask for, because I don't think I can scare you. When I'm actively sitting down to write this movie, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to scare an audience. And instead of trying to scare an audience, why not just try to tell a good story? Yeah. That has elements of horror and like whatever that genre kind of encompasses. Why not just have elements of that, try to tell an interesting story and call it a day? Do you think that Goodnight Mommy tells a good story, though? I think Goodnight Mommy tells a very average story very well. And I think mm-hmm. what it does is it takes a very, very simplistic story. I think it's v- this is a very nicely directed film. Mm-hmm. And I think the imagery, I cannot stress how good the imagery is. It is really well shot. It's very well shot. Mm-hmm. And those images of the mother, they are unsettling. Yeah. The reg- like whatever you feel about the movie the like shadowing and how it's captured and all of that she looks like a monster and it's literally just there's a shot of her for instance in the shadows and she looks quite frightening and then she'll come out into the light in a single frame that's that's craft yeah. that's really crafty and like that whole end sequence as well that complete 180 turn that happens in the characters where he goes from being the protagonist to the antagonist and she, like vice versa. And he's torturing his effing mother. It's it's really unsettling to sit through mm-hmm. and like to see when he's gluing her lips oh, shut. Stop it. And then and then the sequence where he's cutting the it open. It's so hard to watch. Or even the like when the the are they cockroaches or like the roaches that yes. are coming out of her stomach? Yeah. They're, let, they're feeding her roaches at night. Yeah. <laughs> it's so There's gross. some crazy <laughs> things in here. Yeah. And it takes, I think the other thing I really like about this is that it takes things that other genres have really just like made very basic, mm-hmm. like violence and gore have become so like banal and so commonplace in torture porn movies that we're almost immune to it. And this movie made me feel uncomfortable watching some extreme violence, but not a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I like that. That's fair. Like I like I like that. There's only like a couple of sequences of extreme violence. Yeah. But they make you feel really like un- uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes down to the visuals for me. There you go. I was just thinking of like another fictional thing. And do you remember when I was talking to you about Criminal Minds the other time? Yeah. There's like a, a season of Criminal Minds where the main character's wife or ex-wife is like being held hostage essentially by a serial killer and like i had a very emotional reaction to that okay so do you have any sequel i hate that answer though (laughs) (laughs) um i would like to know what happened with the twin yeah that's a good question yeah like how did he die because the mother says like it wasn't your fault like it's not your fault yeah and so what what happened because i have a feeling it was his fault (laughs) (laughs) Which is why she's saying it. That's why she, fault. yeah, exactly. Like any mother would do. Yeah, like any mother or Robin Williams. <laughs> it's not <laughs> your fault. And then, like, kind of like, okay, now, so spoiler alert, they're all dead. And then the last shot is the three of them 
walking with each other, mm-hmm. who are they going to haunt? <laughs> I feel like they're going to haunt. Okay. Are they, yeah. Also, I did have a question, though. Like, does the Red Cross actually come inside your house like that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in Vienna it does. Yeah. Okay. I was just Maybe like, that's a little interesting. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Do you have anything else to say, Mita? I feel like you were really underwhelmed by this. Yeah, I wasn't like... Taken. I mean, like when you last year, what did we watch? We watched like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I'm forgetting Suspirias. Yeah, all, both the Suspirias, both the, Suspirias. the Exorcist, like yeah, kind of those. Oh, and Poltergeist. And pol- I love Poltergeist. I did not <laughs> leave the 80s I was wildly alone. <laughs> underwhelmed by Poltergeist. I mean, but like that's just like a fun family scare. But it was schlock. It's fun family scheme. No, it was. Oh. I, you know what I do love the most about the poltergeist, though, is the real life poltergeist curse. Yeah, no, I loved the here the story about the poltergeist yeah. was great. Those those things, the movie itself, and I I don't want to go into it because you can listen to it on our episode about the poltergeist. <laughs> but I hated it was Steven Spielberg whitewashing horror, which he'll probably do with West Side Story. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> Um, but no, but when, last year we also watched Hereditary and Midsummer, which yeah. I would put into the line of horror. I would. And yeah. they're very good films. Exactly. And so this I just like, I mean, you should go first because this was your movie and then I'll go into my, my rating. Oh, my rating? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because we're there. So yeah, <laughs> we are at that point yeah. of the game. I, I, I enjoy this. I actually think this is a really, it's a very classy horror film. And I think that's key for me because I think horror as a genre has been really kind of bastardized and turned into this kind of joke and their horror movies which was you know confound to like September October come out year round now because it is one of the only bankable genres in the world Mm -hmm. which is in and of itself super fascinating but despite that being the case there's four movies I can name in the last 20 years as like exquisite horror films and they're by two separate male directors Mm. There's not much else out there, which means that the genre is undervalued and underproduced. And so I think when I saw Goodnight Mommy, it hit so many buttons for me and it checked off so much on the list because it was it was a simple story. You knew where it was going. But at the end of the day, there were some surprises. And mm. I think that is undervalued. Again, that twist that happens at about the third act when things change that you don't see coming. You really don't. You know the major twist in the movie about the twin being dead. Fine. So that doesn't feel like a shock. But the torturing and what happens to that, you don't see that coming. There's no way you like predict that. So that in and of itself is worthy of your time. The other thing is this movie does some great things with its visuals. It does some great things with making you feel uncomfortable. It really, I think, is a good modern horror movie. I love the poster as well, because the poster in and of itself, that is great artwork. I love how this movie starts. I love that stock image or that stock video of them singing a lullaby. Yeah. Or that them sing like it instantly starts with this weird, uncomfortable, like, why are we watching this lullaby? And why does this make me feel uncomfortable? I don't even have context for this. I think there's things in this movie that are just very, very well done. And I can see, however, how it kind of was underwhelming because it is slow. It doesn't jump out and the big twist is expected. So it's not amazing. But I do think this is a classy horror film. And I think that term to describe this genre is rare. And so that's why I'm going to give this three and a half stars. Three and a half for Goodnight Mommy from Nadim. Yes. What is the German translation? It's like Ichbon like Ichbon or something? No, Ich Ich Ichchen? Ichchen? Ichse, Ichse. Ichse, Ichse. It's not good night mommy. So no, I, don't, I think like it's someone... like it's me, it's me or something. Oh, okay. Or I'm me or something like yeah. that. Yes, yeah, so good night mommy. <laughs> I totally agree with you in that. There is a lot of like strong directing choices in this and there are some really nice elements like in terms of the cinematography and how things were shot but i felt very cynical as i was watching it and Mm -hmm. because of those like the predictability and what is meant to be 
like a really big twist of like this twin being dead, but it is really easy to tell from the get go. And I feel like the movie kind of, as soon as I realized that and then I saw it come to fruition, I was like, that was a letdown. Like I'm not excited like I should be, or I sh- I'm not really like, oh, wow. Like that was crazy. Yeah. And so I kind of had that sentiment as I continued watching it up until, like you said, that la- last part when they start to torture their mom. And I'm like, what the, or not even they, he, he starts yeah, to torture he starts his to mom. Torture, yeah. Like what is going on? And those torture scenes are like a lot to take in, yeah. but they weren't frightening to me in the way of like, I like being scared. It was more of like, this is like just really disgusting. And like, mm-hmm. is this necessary what is this telling me in this story like where is this actually going because then there also isn't any sort of proof to like what's going on with this kid like why is Mm -hmm. he doing this like we're hinted like yes the other twin died but like we don't know the circumstance we don't know what happened i feel like i'm giving being given the pieces of this puzzle and i'm meant to solve it myself but like there's a ton of pieces missing from it and, like, I can't figure out this movie because those pieces are missing. And mm-hmm. so it was very much a letdown for me. And I don't know, maybe I'm just, like, in a mood or I was expecting something completely different. And I, mm-hmm. I'm living up to those expectations a little bit much. But I wasn't really whelmed by this as as much as I would have liked to have been. Yeah. Because when you picked this and I saw, like, all the... Um, posters for it. I was like, oh, this looks like a like a like a cool German. Uh, it's not German, yeah. Austrian. Like this looks like a cool horror movie, like something I never would have watched. Like I thought this was gonna be like when I watched The Ring for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> do, but do you remember that feeling of like yeah, yeah. when you saw The Ring for the first time and then you had that twit? Oh my gosh, what a time to be alive! <laughs> I, if we could go back to two thousand one, but it, this didn't have that for me. Like it was really predictable, and I think. You know, unfortunately, because this there's cer- certain tropes in horror movies that have just been done time over and over, it kind of led to me to not having this like really great feeling about the movie. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it two and a half. Okay. I feel like just in the middle because that last part is really masterful and like yeah. cool to watch, a little gross, but I really love that last shot. Like of I think the that, three of them. The three of them. I also like yeah. the shot of the house like in flames. Yeah. Yeah. And there is some really cool cinematography in there, too. Like, there's a a scene where he's, like, opening blinds. And when he opens the blinds, it's just, like, so lush. Yeah. And it's really really cool to see in a movie. But... It's an artfully made film, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, there's clear art here. But those are not redeeming qualities until, like, did this... this, Was I scared watching this? Was I frightened? Mm. Was I disgusted? Disgusted, yes, but not frightened or scared. And so that so is, is that why I'm how, going. Is that what we're going for when we're rating the next four, these four movies? I guess so. Okay. Which now I'm like, oh, my choices might not be so great. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of my next choice then. How does yeah. that fit in? Yeah. Because that's the definition of horror. Are you frightened, scared, or disgusted? Okay. So I'm going two and a half out of five. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good night, Nadim. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that yeah. was good night, Mommy. Have you seen The Orphanage? The Orphan or The Orphanage? The Orphanage. No. It is a Spanish language horror film. You and your languages. I mean, that you just, there's so much to be learned I from. Know. There's just so much to be gained and learned. And it's just a world of good stuff out there when you just open your, open your mind. I'm not close-minded. No, you're not. <laughs> but if you, of someone who is a cinema person, is going to be like, oh, the languages, well, you can't encourage other people. To in do. horror, I don't mind it so much because, like, a lot of what you're intaking is imagery. Mm-hmm. Like, that should be one of your biggest takeaways when you watch a horror movie. So, like, the language isn't uh, as important, I guess. Fair enough. Yeah. It doesn't hold the same weight. But Well, we still got some foreign movies left to go this year, Mita, so. Okay. and you have liked some of my foreign selections this year yeah i have okay (laughs) (laughs) that was good night mommy this week mitha i think it's time for you to tell us what movie two of spooky season is going to be yeah it's time for different characters same Same world mitha that was really off 
You froze halfway through. No, I was right here. No, like, like my video I, froze? What, yeah. <laughs> I was oh. like, where did he go? <laughs> Should we try it again? Let's try it again. Okay. I'm keeping in our first recording, though, just okay. so that people know. Different characters. Same, same world. Okay, that was better. <laughs> okay. There we go. That's better. Yeah. Okay, Nadim, I am challenging you today. Yes. Um, all three of these are characters in the film. Okay. Or actors, sorry. Um, so no directors or producers or any of that jazz. Mm-hmm. So the characters you have are Sophie. Okay. <laughs> Michaela Baines. Okay. And Seth Cohen. Okay. And your timer starts now. Seth Crow, Co- sorry, Seth Cohen is Adam Brody. Yes. Okay. Michaela Baines. Yeah. And Sophie. And Sophie. With Adam Brody. Adam Brody. <laughs> Say it one more time. <laughs> Adam Brody. My biggest crush in seventh grade. <laughs> Sophie. You're at thirty-five seconds. Sophie. Sophie. That's going to buy... Oh, is it Amanda Seyfried? Yeah. Okay. In Amanda what? Seyfried in a horror movie with Adam Brody. Yeah. And Michaela Baines. Who's Michaela ten, Baines? Ten seconds. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think I'm going to... Maybe if I get Michaela Baines or if you tell me Michaela Baines in like five seconds. Well, um... I'll just wait now because it's been a minute. Okay. <laughs> Michaela, so, so who's... Ma- okay, go on. So Seth Cohen is Adam Brody from mm. The O.C., Sophie is Amanda Seyfried in? Mamma Mia. Yeah. How did you get there? Because I knew. Like, I just, yeah, I just. (laughs) Michaela Baines is Megan Fox in Transformers. Oh, am I watching Jennifer's Body? You are watching Jennifer's Body, my friend. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Oh, sure. I'm excited for you. Okay. I was actually weirdly thinking of watching Jennifer's Body recently. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it didn't. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Don't look at the Metascore or the IMDb ratings. (laughs) Okay. Just don't look at it. Don't do it. Don't go. I went in. I watched this recently and I went in with fresh eyes. And I think you should go in with fresh eyes too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm very excited for Jennifer's Body. (laughs) It's available on Disney+. Plus. Thing. <laughs> what a weird place for it to be. It's part of like Star or something okay. like that. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll watch yeah. it on the plus. There we go. Excellent. Well, that's for next week. That's mm-hmm. our second movie of Spooky Season. Spooky Season. But until we get there, Mita, do you have any parting words for us? <clears throat> yes. I'm your mom. <laughs> There's just it's no context so, for that. So hard to pick it. A- foreign movies, they're always hard, and I just. I don't worry because uh, I feel like I did it. <laughs> <laughs> at least at the end of the episode, yeah, there you go. Worked out. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and rate and review. And we will see you next week for Jennifer's body and Nadim's mind. <laughs> <laughs> Have a lovely week, friends. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at movies to watch pod, on Twitter at movies the number two watch pod, on the TikTok at movies to watch pod, or send us an email at movies to watch pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs>